From the PSIA AASI Satellite Studios in Hood River, Oregon, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. Today, we got our boots on the snow with team member Jeff Krill, adaptive coach of the team. Jeff, uh, it is always great to chat with you. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, excited to be here, George. You know, always fun to throw a few topics out there and have a conversation, especially when it comes to skiing and riding. That's the best. Well, something we've been talking about quite a bit in this is is splits. And as you and I were talking a little bit before we started to record, you were bringing up psychological splits and all sorts of, of differences, why people come for a snowboard or ski lesson. And those are things that we really need to find out as instructors so that we can really provide a great guest experience for these folks. Yeah, you know, I've been just, you know, in, in watching my, my group lessons these days, especially in the adult beginners, that's where I'm really starting to see a few of these difficulties. It's, it's, and as I, as I watch it, and I see the different motivations of people that are out there. Um, it, it's really become very interesting that you have this group of people that, that, that really, they want to come there and they want to become a skier or a snowboarder. And they're dedicated to it. They have somebody in their family. They want to make this a part of their life and their culture. They're investing the time, the money. They're coming there with a real purpose. And then I have a whole other group that it's almost, it's like it's, they, they buy a, a ticket to an amusement ride or they want to find an experience instead of that they are dedicated to becoming a part of the sport. And it, it, it definitely presents a different, uh, kind of a little bit of a problem, I think, when we're trying to look at how, when you have a group together, which way it's going to go. And, and how do we meet the needs of both of those customers at the same time? And when we're asking our, especially we're asking our instructors not to make a split or to you know, put their best efforts in when the motivations are so different from the clientele that are coming out in front of us on that, on that any given day. Okay, I'm going to ask kind of a rude question, but that person who's like, you know, I'm out here to do this once and I'm not going to do this again. Do I really want them back? Am I going to put out the effort to make sure that that person has a great experience? Well, I think, you know, you still have to because they don't know what they don't know. And there's a lot of things, I think, in our lives, you know, you're thinking, oh, you go into it, you know, like, oh, this isn't going to be that much fun or I'm not going to be that interested in it. All of a sudden, you you, you do go through it or you get involved in it. All of a sudden, it's something that this is, wow, I really enjoyed that. That was a really good time. So you, as much as, you know, you could cut it as simple as that. I think there's a little bit of something more to it. It's also an opportunity to actually turn somebody who wasn't really that engaged in the beginning into, you know, maybe a lifetime skier or a snowboarder. We, we just don't know. And I think you have to approach it from that. And, you know, I don't think you're being overly optimistic there at all, because I think that's one of the most rewarding experiences there is, is to have someone in a lesson who maybe doesn't seem all that interested at the beginning and all of a sudden you just see this person blossom during the lesson and they're having so much fun and they can't wait to come back. Right. You know, and, and we're, you know, we get people from all over the world with all kinds of different interests and backgrounds and whatever it may be. It, it's just, it's interesting to see when we can turn somebody who, who is just coming out for that experience actually into maybe a lifetime because I really want to come back and do this again. But at the same time, there's also that individual who, who we know that they're, they're not really that vested in what we're out there doing, that the, the Instagram post 
they're, they're looking for that. I want to take a picture of myself and a couple of my friends and the group out here, and they move on from it, and they're just happy as can be with just that moment. And, and that, that, you know, they paid for something that they were looking for as well out of that moment. So it's, it's really hard to combine those two together at the same time. And it does create that, that difficult split um, within a lesson because one person is really trying hard. Another person is there just sort of to basically be out on snow, touch it, feel it, but not that best that it actually worked how to make it turn. So when we see that happening in our class and we're experiencing that, what can we do to address the needs of those guests? Because odds are we don't really have the time to spend to try to change someone's mindset, but we do want them to have a great time. I think it's just building them up for success from the beginning. You see that that motivation isn't 100% there about uh, vested in becoming a skier or snowboarder. I want to become, you know, somebody proficient at it. I think all you can do is that you don't even realize, you, you can build it up by, you don't even realize what you're about to embark upon or how amazing this is going to be. Build them up to show them that there's something special that you're about to do that you didn't even realize. Like, this is so much more than, you know, coming out to just try it. This is something that could be, you know, next thing you know, you're buying a condo and your, your kids want to do this. And you know what? I mean, it's, it's something that could change your life. Um, you just don't know it yet. So let's, Let's take it on. And, you know, you can build it up to be the exciting experience that it is because we all do it. It's the reason we all do it. You just love it so much. So let's make them feel a little bit of that excitement. Now, do you feel that the person who maybe is saying, uh, you know, I'm just here to try it this one time or whatever, could that also be some fear of failure that maybe I'm not going to be very good at this and I don't want to set myself up for to be disappointed? Well, you know, it's, I think you definitely find that from a psychological sense sometimes, right? People come into it with it that they are going to not be successful at it, and it's easier to have already accepted that prior to actually trying. And, you know, that's a whole other, you know, how do, how do we take that person who has already accepted failure before they started to build them up into some kind of a success? So I think with that person, you know, starting the small little successes are extremely important. I think it's so important for us as instructors to be able to work with that person and not have that attitude spread because, you know, we want to have a great experience for everyone in that class and we can't let that negativity start to overrule the positives. Right. That, that negativity is, you can't come in with that defeated attitude. Um, I think it's just, you know, we become the greatest cheerleader out there, right? Showing what's possible, the fact that you can do this, and keep reiterating that over and over and over again. And, uh, 
show up ways that they can do. And if they can see little successes, they start to get a, a bit more excited about it. But but that is hard when somebody does come in with it. They've already got the idea in their head that they are not going to be successful at this, or that they're they're at a level, or they have a level of fear, right, that's holding them back. It's not always just that they don't think they're going to be successful. They just have a, a fear that's holding them. They don't want to be hurt. They don't want to be, you know. They have children to take care of, or they have a job that they're just worried about. And the idea of being hurt just really, that can be the most debilitating piece, too. I mean, I see that all the time, especially in the disability world. You think of somebody that already has some kind of injury where they can't walk or missing a leg, and the thought of having another injury that, you know, really takes them out of the game. People don't realize you, you hurt a shoulder when you're in a sit ski or something. Now you can't wheel your wheelchair. You can't move around. So those kind of thoughts. And, and the same thing in the able-bodied world. Some people, their fears of, of getting hurt and what it's going to mean to their life can take their, um, their ability to actually progress completely away from them. Yeah, it's funny. I, I Just on the, the spirit of positivity, I was teaching a lesson last Friday, and it was pouring rain. I mean, driving up to work, I was just like, Oh no! And here I'd worked in clinic all day and uh, was going up to teach a night lesson, and it was pouring. <laughs> Got out, and you know it's uh, it's going to be a wet one. And I had a couple of kids, and their hands were soaked, their boots were soaked, the rain had gotten in their pants and run down in their socks, and I mean they had wet feet. And we got on the chair, and I just looked at them, and I said, you know let's really have some fun tonight. I I want to have fun skiing with you guys. And it just brought us together, just something that simple. And we ended up having a blast for an hour and a half. And it was uh, definitely not the best lesson I've ever taught because you didn't want to stand and talk or, I mean, anything. We moved and we, we played some games and just kept it moving and, and ended up having a really good night in what was pretty dismal conditions. <laughs> well, I think for any of us, I mean, there's something about, you know, suffering together, you know, in those <laughs> tough conditions. And it's awful. There's just something to be said about that, right? You know, misery loves company, that, that whole piece. Yeah, that's so where we were. You can make, yeah, <laughs> and when you make it, and you, need, you can make that fun or you can take that, that suffering point as a challenge and make it, you know, like, hey, we're, we're surviving this together, you know, and then you're a part of it, they're a part of it, and, and you can just start to laugh about it. It's, it's the same thing when, for any of us that have ever, you know, cyclist, and, you, and you, you're trying to get a group together on an 8 a.m. ride, and you wake up in the morning, and you just hear it's like pissing down rain, and you're like, oh, get up at 7, and you're waiting for your friends to call, and waiting for your friends to call to cancel, and nobody does, and you still all show up, and you do it, and you go out on that ride, and you know, it ends up being one of the, you know, best rides. You have an amazing story to tell later on, you know, when you all get back home and get your warm shower and get back to it. But, you know, some of the best things do come out of that suffering together. So, you know, it's just, it, it is one of those things that if you can make it exciting and fun, you can turn that, that tough point, whether it's weather or, you know, a hard lesson or something scary that somebody's taking on, make it fun again. And that's, that's where you can start to get your win. And getting back to what we started out with, I just, are there some key questions that you can think of to really find out people's motivation 
for being there and then kind of tailor your lesson. I mean, when you're in a group, obviously you're teaching to the group, but you're always working with an individual and everyone's hearing what's going on and everyone's learning together. So are there some things that we can ask our uh, guests that can really maybe help some of those more negative attitudes of that person who just wants to be there the one time? Yeah, you know, I don't think that anybody always comes out really negative. Sometimes you hear somebody where like, oh, my, my girlfriend or my boyfriend made me, made me come out here and try this today. Or, you know, my, my, whole, fam- my whole family is, is skiers and I'm not. They've just convinced me to come out here, um, that kind of thing. You, you hear that. But I think, you know, for me, the questions that I like to ask, I, I like to hear it from them. So the first question, like, what brings you here today? Why are you excited? Why do you want to learn to ski? And I, or why do you want to learn to snowboard? And the second I ask that question, it makes them really think about their own motivation to it. And hopefully somewhere within them, there is an excitement to actually try this thing. And and I think it's important, actually, it's a bonding moment for the group when you say that, too. When they hear it from the other people, they understand each other a little bit, too. And maybe that other person, you know, when you know, we're over coaching somebody else, they've heard that the other person was trying to, for another reason, they actually start to self-coach within each other or try to build each other up based upon each other's weaknesses. Because let's face it, most people within a group want to try to build each other up and see everyone be successful. They, they start to build as a as a whole, not as, as separate individuals. And yeah, so if they hear that from each other, now they even themselves know a little bit more about why everyone's here. And they can help, not just you, they're helping you be a better coach just on those hearing that themselves. They're their own little psychology group helping one another just from those simple answers. And they get built from there. Well, Jeff, anything you'd like to add in conclusion? You know, I I, I just think, you know, it's something that we need to start to take a look at is really the differences in motivation of the clientele that's starting to come across, you know, especially in the beginner zone these days. It seems a lot different as I notice it. with our groups out there. And, you know, if we can just start to work on techniques to become a little bit better at it, I think that's going to help us and not feel like, oh, man, I'm never, I'm, I can't deal with this. This is a split. This is a split. I think we can start to become a little bit better at um, the way we approach it and the way we just look at, at the pure motivations of those people in front of us and maybe bond the group a little bit better together once we have, a, I guess, a clearer idea of why they're there. And start with that, and then it's it's going to make it easier for us because we know that we're getting a little closer to there, knowing them as a person and why they're there, instead of it just being, I'm just going to teach you how to ski a ride. So I think I think it starts there. We need to start to look at it a little differently, and that the groups are definitely a little different than they used to be. It, there used to be a point where everybody came there and like, hey, I'm becoming a, a snowboarder today. I'm becoming a skier. It's not quite like that. The, the, the motivations are definitely different. So we need to start taking a harder look at how we can work with both those, those motivations at the same time within the same level. Jeff Krill, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us on First Chair. Always a pleasure, and I hope you have a great night. Yeah, you too, George. All right. Look forward to talking to you soon. From the PSIA AASI Satellite Studios in Hood River, Oregon, I'm George Thomas.